You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Just today, January 15th, some workers at the massive Smithfields Foods hog slaughtering plant in Tar Heel, North Carolina, missed the first shift to protest the company's decision not to give them the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday as a paid day off. United Food and Commercial Workers Union estimated that 400 among the 2,500 scheduled to work had walked out or just not come to work on Monday. National holiday marking what would be the slain civil rights leader's 78th birthday. Union workers took credit for shutting down a production line, but company officials at Smithfield said the action had not slowed operations and just hasn't been effective. The company says that the Monday had already been planned as a work day, and the union request for a holiday came too late to change plans, and workers that miss work will be docked a day's pay and could be disciplined. If this news from the Smithfield hog slaughtering plant seems unusual, thought it might be interesting to take a quick look at the history behind Martin Luther King Day holiday marking the birth date of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Observed on the third Monday of January each year around the time of King's birthday, January 15th. It's the only United States federal holiday commemorating an African American and one of only three to commemorate an individual person, Washington and Columbus being the other people endowed with a holiday. What may be surprising to some is that the impetus for a Martin Luther King Day holiday came not in Memphis, where King was shot, not in Birmingham or Atlanta or Selma, where his epic civil rights marches were held, but in North Tarrytown, New York, where, in January 1969, a group of General Motors workers refused to come to work on King's birthday. This was the year after King was killed. When about 60 workers were threatened with discipline by managers, a larger group of workers, about 1,200, offered to walk out in solidarity. And walk out they did. In the fall of 69, a few thousand New York City hospital workers went on strike and returned to work only after managers agreed to higher wages, better benefits, and a paid holiday on King's birthday. Similar contracts were won by 25,000 additional hospital workers and 80,000 dressmakers a few months later. Considering these events and considering that Martin Luther King Jr.'s very last act was a march and a rally in support of the Memphis Sanitation Workers Union, you begin to understand that Martin Luther King Day not only celebrates civil rights, but is also a kind of second Labor Day, a celebration of the act the activism of America's trade unions. And the story of the holiday is a story of trade union activism. Today we forget much about the struggle to get a Martin Luther King holiday, which would last nearly 14 years. As late as 1981, workers in Seattle at Seattle's Todd Shipyards were fired 
for passing out literature supporting a Martin Luther King Day. The official beginning of an effort for a holiday was in Congress, where Representative John Conyers of Michigan, who is still in, in the Congress and a very powerful member of the new Democratic majority now, introduced legislation for a new federal holiday on the civil rights leader's birthday. And he introduced this legislation just a few days after King's death. But Conyers was not the influential person then that he is now, and his bill languished in Congress and was really ignored. The next year, he and Representative Shirley Chisholm collected six million signatures for a petition to Congress, uh, one of the largest petitions in favor of an issue in U.S. history ever. In April 1970, California became the first state to make King's birthday a school holiday. And in 1973, Illinois was the first state to make Martin Luther King Jr. Day a state holiday. Throughout the 70s, trade unions, including the United Auto Workers, would make a holiday on Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday a standard part of contract negotiations. Trade union activism behind the holiday would bubble until in 1976 it became a presidential issue when Jimmy Carter endorsed when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The Nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. The King Day Bill. In 1980, musician, musician Stevie Wonder released the single Happy Birthday to popularize the campaign and hosted the Rally for Peace press conference. In 1981, the single brought many new supporters to the cause. But there is fierce opposition, particularly in the Senate, to the bill, led by Senator Jesse Helms of North Carolina. Helms questioned whether King was important enough to receive the honor of a federal holiday. He also was critical of King's opposition to the Vietnam War and accused King of having communist connections. He also attacked the movement for a holiday and the epidemic of illegal strikes of municipal employees that he said seemed to drive it. Helms claimed that another national holiday would be too costly and inferred that King was a lawbreaker subject to the influence and manipulation of communists. But if one conservative Republican senator opposed the holiday, another 
was for it. To those who made an objection about the possible expense of a Martin Luther King holiday, Senator Robert Dole of Kansas said, during a floor debate on the bill, I suggest they hurry back to their pocket calculators and estimate the cost of 300 years of slavery, followed by a century or more of economic, political, and social exclusion and discrimination. President Ronald Reagan was also opposed to the holiday. However, once Congress passed the Martin Luther King Day bill with a veto-proof majority, 338 to 90 in the House and 78 to 22 in the Senate, Reagan quickly saw the light and signed a bill creating the federal holiday to honor King. bill was signed on August 2nd, 1983, and it was observed for the first time January 20th, 1986. There is still some opposition here and there to the Martin Luther King Day holiday. It is a uh, federal holiday and a state holiday in all states, but some southern states sort of mix the holiday along with a remembrance of Confederate leaders. Arizona and Utah, in the year 2000, the Utah state legislator voted to change the name of the holiday from Human Rights Day to Martin Luther King Day, conforming with most of the states. A recent survey shows that there's been an increasing acknowledgement of the holiday by companies. Not all companies are like the Smithfield Hog Processing Plant. 31% of companies reported offering the holiday off paid, and that's up from 20 to 25% during the 90s. Those who have the day off may want to consider some of the labor struggles that brought the day into its status as a holiday. What should the future of Martin Luther King Day be? Well, I believe that the president, and I know he's made a sort of a speech about this today, or needs to make this day, we all need to make this day, a day of volunteering. Uh, about 61.2 million people volunteered through or for an organization at least once between September 2005 and September 2006. That's 26.7% of the United States population. While it sounds good, it's a 2.1 percentage point drop than the volunteer rate in each of the prior three years. One day that's focused. Hi, it's Bruce. Listen, we all know the news headlines are full of wild stories, like how the world is tipping towards authoritarianism, all while somehow, simultaneously, freezing, flooding, and on fire. It's a lot to take in. But what if, instead of being on the brink of disaster, we're actually on the cusp of a better world? If I've got your attention, then I highly recommend tuning to a podcast that offers a weekly dose of optimistic ideas from smart people. What Could Go Right is the acclaimed news podcast from the Progress Network. Zachary Carabell and Emma Varvalukas dive into the biggest news and most pressing topics of our time, from climate change to politics, and make the case for a brighter future. Season 5 features fascinating guests like democracy scholar Yesha Munk on the hidden perils of identity politics, and NPR anchor Steve Inskeep about the importance of talking to people who differ from you, and what Abe Lincoln learned from those conversations that helped him unify the country. It's time to ditch the doom-scrolling polarization and start focusing on some of the things going right. So check out What Could Go Right wherever you listen to podcasts. And not only on a reflection of Dr. King's legacy, but also on using some of the holiday for volunteerism would certainly benefit 
the country. And it would be a fitting tribute to Martin Luther King. History Beating Up Politics, I'm Bruce Carlson. I'm Jane Perlez, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places, Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off, an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-off launches April 9th.